everyone, and welcome to I Can't Believe That Happened, and our first episode of this season of the History of Cursed Jewels and Jewelry. A quick reminder, I always throw in one wrong fact, so if you find it, send me an email and let me know what the right fact is and what your source is. We're going to start with the history of the Ring of Dwarf Hill that inspired the Lord of the Rings author J.R.R. Tolkien. So. What if I told you that some of this epic fantasy actually came from real history? So let's talk about it. The One Ring to rule them all. The ring that had all of Middle-earth in a massive power struggle. Once upon a time, in a town that's now known as Silverstyre, Gloucester, but once was a very important Roman outpost called, please forgive me, Caleva Atra. Batum. A ring was forged in the 4th century AD. Now this ring was solid gold and huge. I can't even begin to explain to you how big this is, so I'm just going to have you try to picture like a giant grown man's hand and this ring fit on a thumb. It was 12 grams of pure gold. The outside of this ring, it wasn't just a plain circle. It was actually cut up into slabs of facets so like kind of squares around a circle and I don't know if any of you know this but I used to be a jeweler a long time ago and I had the ability to use all sorts of really cool modern day techniques looking at this ring I'm really amazed because they did not have access to the things I had and I know how I could make that ring now with a full jewelry studio I do not know how this was made it's really beautiful and if you head over to our show notes you'll be able to see pictures of it so there's an engraved image of the goddess Venus, and this might have been used for a seal. This wasn't unusual. A lot of the times people would have some form of jewelry, either a necklace or a ring, that would have a graven symbol that would be their symbol. So when you closed up a letter and you put wax on it, you could push this down into the wax and it would be a seal for the letter, but it would also show that you were the one who sent it. Okay, so the band had carved the words Oh, please help me. Senesian vivas in day. Okay, it's been a minute since I took Latin, and I'm sure my Latin teacher would be rolling over in his grave if you heard me pronouncing it that badly, so forgive me. But it basically was Senesianus live well in God. Uh, that's what the translation roughly comes out to. So I do have the phrase completely written in the show notes, and it's kind of interesting because in Latin it was actually a few misspellings, and of course, we don't know a whole lot because this was a long time ago with only very little information, but it does make me wonder why it was misspelled. It'd be interesting. If you have any theories, please send them over. Um, and if you know the proper pronunciation, please feel free to correct me. That was terrible. I'm sorry. Okay, so in a similar area, a tablet was found which related to the ring. Now, this all occurs in an area known as Dwarf's Hill. And the tablet tells of a man named Silvianus, who is a hunting god, who claims that a man named Senesianus, doesn't that sound familiar, <laughs> stole his ring. And he tells this to a deity named Nodens, who curses anyone named Senesianus until the ring is returned to the temple. Haven't heard of a lot of people named Senesianus. Maybe the curse worked. Who knows? All right, so a quick side note. Um, I actually have to look this up. I've studied uh, Greek and Roman myths for a very long time now, and I've never heard of this god. 
Um, but the god Nodens was known as a healing god, worshipped by the ancient Britons. And there's a little information about him, um, but there was a plaque found in Gloucester, which shows that he had connections with dogs. And you know what? In this podcaster's opinion, anything with connections with dogs is usually a pretty good sign of a nice person. And that's totally my unbiased opinion. <laughs> okay, so what does this tablet have to do with our friend J.R. Tolkien? Let's go back a little ways to 1785 when there was a farmer who was working on the land. And generally how this worked was there was um, someone who owns the land and farmers would pay rent or there would be some sort of deal. But he basically most likely did not own the land he was farming on. And when he was tilling the soil, he finds this insanely large ring. Um, Again, there's not a whole lot of written records about what happened but it is largely assumed that he sold the ring to the people who own the land um that same family lives there today and we're going to talk about that in just a minute um but we're going to enter tolkien in um this is a few hundred years later but in 1929 a professor anglo-saxon oxford that's what he did as a job and there was an archaeologist named Sir Mortimer Wheeler who was researching this tablet's curse and the ring. And he was consulting Tolkien because he had not heard of the god Noden, and he wanted to know if J.R. Tolkien, <laughs> getting confused with George R. Martin, and please don't um, if you're not old enough to read those books, but forgive me. Um, okay, so he called in Tolkien to get some advice and to hear more about what Tolkien might know about these ancient gods. And Tolkien enlightened him, but um, he must have been really inspired because just a few years later in 1937, The Hobbit is published and the first of the Rings trilogy is published in 1954. So someday I might do a longer episode because Tolkien was really inspired by history and there is some really interesting ideas of the histories that he had to look at that are not widely known that inspired most of that book. And as a writer myself, I really find it fascinating where people are finding their inspiration and history is always a great place to go looking. And a cursed ring, there's always a good story there, right? Okay, so the ring is still in the collection of the family and they've been working with the Tolkien Society and they've created a visitor experience with trails and a Shire themed playground. I'm desperate to go see this. I don't think I will ever be able to get down to New Zealand to see the Shire, um, but I just love the aesthetics. I love how it looks. If any of you live in the area and have gone, drop me a note. Let me know what it's like. I am so curious. I will leave pictures in my show notes um, so you can go and take a look, but I'd love to hear what you think. And if you want a little creative exercise, I would love for you guys to write stories about if you found a cursed ring, what that would mean or what that would be like. Um, But thank you so much for listening and I really appreciate it. Come back in another week or so. I will have a new cursed jewel. If you have ideas for next season, let me know. I would love to hear from you all. And we are working right now with schools to create an after-school podcasting program. If your school would be interested in this, please drop me a line. I would love to work with you guys. And I hope you all have a great time and happy holidays for the winter season.